Hello and welcome to another Moments with Norma. And thank you all my listeners, wherever you are listening from in the world, thank you for your support. And please do share this episode with someone who may need it. Now, today I have a special guest, Sarah. And Sarah has had an incredible inspirational story of resilience and natural healing from breast cancer. So welcome to another Moments with Norma along with my guest, Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for the invite. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So listeners, um, Sarah's story will come in two parts. And as the podcast now only allows 30 minutes for each episode. And as you know, I'm teaching myself uh, to use the podcast and to use all this technical stuff on it. I'm just sitting here today. We're in my living room recording. So welcome again, Sarah. Now, Sarah, cancer is a disease that everybody fears. And the first thing that I can imagine when a person hears that they have cancer, they think of death. But um, before you share with us your amazing story of resilience and healing and how you found out you had breast cancer, how you felt, uh, your beliefs at that time and how you went about um, this process and processing this very difficult information to heal um, yourself from such a life-threatening disease. Um, Just share something about yourself um, with my listeners. Hi, so um, my name's Sarah, I'm 35 years old. I have three amazing daughters. Um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer September 2020. So it was literally just at the peak of the lockdown. Um, the lockdown mm-hmm. started in the March. Okay. I rem- I think I remember the February, the March. It was, it yes. Was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I find uh, my lump um, started protruding around April mm-hmm. 2020. Um, mm-hmm. During the COVID and the lockdown, it was very hard to get appointments and mm-hmm. being seen and getting diagnosis. So mm-hmm. um, my whole testing and stuff and um biopsies was for a good few months so it started in probably yeah april and i didn't get diagnosed till september so that was a long time so that was it? a long time of being in the unknown um yes. just going to appointments with no one telling you exactly What's what it's for um i ended up having about three biopsies with breast tissue that was very painful still mm. unwilling um, not mm-hmm. knowing anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I started to kind of get the inkling when I had an appointment um, that's when they put the dye mm-hmm. to actually go through properly mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but this time it was in Whittington Hospital instead mm-hmm. of the normal hospital I was going to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was on the radi- radiology mm-hmm. um, department so then I started to put two and two together you know radiology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stuff it could be cancerous it could be just a cyst mm-hmm. um, but it was still quite nerve-wracking not knowing mm-hmm. anything but I tried mm-hmm. to stay as calm as possible mm-hmm. and so not the, think too so, negatively so the process is they um you know that this lump is um, coming through your mm-hmm. skin and it yeah. was protruding mm-hmm. but no one knew then 
was it cancerous or no, was it it was just fobbed off for many yeah. of mumps as just yeah. a cyst so it could just be tissue of any sort yeah. um yeah it's not really important at the moment they can't yeah. give you appointments if it's not covid related yes. um so i had to really get really demanding um like wow. literally bothering my gp morning noon and night going yeah. there in, in as person yes. ringing from eight thirty as you know they would yes. do um and then it was literally yeah between there and kept on going to a and e because it was it painful it didn't pain me at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. um it was just something where i just noticed there was like a bit of tissue build up and every time i would rub it it wouldn't thaw out like it wouldn't soften it would mm-hmm. just kept on getting harder but it was it would never was painful mm-hmm. it just became quite bigger and it started instead of it being closer into my cleavage it started coming up more mm. on the surface of my breast mm-hmm. so it started to stick through my clothes and it looked like a bruise mm. so it just looked like i had a bruise so on it got, my, like went, went purple yeah like purple yes, black yes. type of thing mm. um and it started protruding through my clothes not until mm. it got like that and it was quite solid mm-hmm. is when they started to take me quite serious mm-hmm. um and then the biopsies was kind of coming mm-hmm. rapid mm-hmm. i think that's why i ended up having about three mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. to back mm-hmm. um so during this process what was going on in your mind i mean you know where were you at this stage emotionally and how strong was your belief system going through this process because when you're going through this process and the unknown and not knowing um faith gets tested yeah lots of things must have happened you know your faith so um i tried not to think negatively at all um but with with that i had a bit of resentment because um i had i was diagnosed with thyroid overactive thyroids before okay and due to the medication and stuff i didn't take it because as a mum taking that medication Mm -hmm. it really has you Mm -hmm. it messes with your hormones and stuff like that um so i wasn't really taking the medication for that and i think that's what led to it um becoming cancerous so I was kind of like, okay, it just might just be something small. It could just be a cyst. Just mm-hmm. let me just look over it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't painful and I didn't have any form of effects of anything, mm-hmm. um, it didn't really bother me that much un- until like I took a biopsy and then it asked for another one. I kept on doing the same thing without mm-hmm. knowing exactly what it was. There was mm-hmm. no nurse or doctor to explain what the biopsy was mm-hmm. for. Um, could reassure me that it could just be it was just just nothing I was just mm-hmm. going in getting <laughs> punched and, and, and pulled and, and did you and feel that left. you were very alone on this journey very very alone mm-hmm. because it was COVID time mm-hmm. um, no one didn't want to listen to you mm-hmm. um, me being of um, black origin it was just like it's an angry black girl in the doctors mm-hmm. or calling up mm-hmm. so um, and that kind of followed me through throughout the whole Probably, yeah mm-hmm. probably part two you can um, mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. into that so it was really um having to okay i'm in a situation where my life's in other people's hands mm-hmm. so i got tested a lot with that um mm-hmm. with my patients mm-hmm. having to ask mm-hmm. questions and how to relay back and forth mm-hmm. what i probably thought i understood or didn't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. um and knowing also that it may be life threatening. Yes. Because at this point you didn't know I just whether didn't it was know. or not. Yeah. So So as much as I was going to the appointments, I just tried not to keep it as a forefront of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, not until I went to that appointment where it was 
the Whitton mm-hmm. turn at the radiology and then I called mm-hmm. my mum and I said I think it could be cancerous mm-hmm. um I think that's probably the route it's going down mm-hmm. but at the same time I still try to be in mm-hmm. denial about it mm-hmm. I was just like maybe they're just being extra precaution mm-hmm. um extra precaution and stuff um left it at that and then it wasn't until I had so after that that's probably was yeah like the end of August beginning of September mm-hmm. and then when I they called me back into home and for the results and that's when it and did they take a long time to get the final results as well? Yes, everything was very, very so long. So it was... Yeah, yeah. so sometimes yeah. it was like, as, as much as it was bothering me, there was sometimes I actually did forget about it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. when, mm-hmm. when during COVID, you know, there were people who was going through cancer and their treatments were cancelled and they were suffering with certain things and that was the so, scary side yeah, of it so yeah. that was the scary side yeah. that people who had threatening life diseases you know like the yeah. cancer was not being treated yeah correctly. their needs wasn't being met at all and yeah. so you were part of that process yeah yeah i was definitely mm. part of that i'm happy mm. i was at a younger age to speak up for myself mm. and to um fight fight and mm. actually literally um having to stand up to some mm. doctors and um, oncologists and specialists as well mm-hmm. um, so when you got the diagnosis yes um, and they told you how was that process at that time how did they was there any support um, um, at the time I kind of went I went by myself at the time because um, I think I think everyone was busy at the time and some was locked down and some couldn't uh, work yeah, and or the thing stuff was, like that people couldn't come with you into the yes, hospitals right because I knew I had to have a procedure and nobody could come. Yeah, you no. had to so I did the whole of yeah. my mm-hmm. my whole journey mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the day they told me, because I went into the bereavement room and then they were giving me tissues before they sat me down and then I saw one of the... It was like a cancer care book. Mm-hmm. And when she offered me the tissue box, um, I knew. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, can you not cotton wool me up and not make this like just tell me exactly what it is so she said sorry but you've got stage um two to three breast cancer um in a way it was a relief because i could finally know exactly what it was Mm -hmm. the second was like cancer what do i do family members um Mm -hmm. and this was this was a stage two to three to three yeah so basically Mm -hmm. if there wasn't any space for me to start chemo ASAP it could have gone to stage three and could have aggressively gone to stage four mm-hmm. they literally caught it before the, my cells started to vigorously um, mm-hmm. spread around mm-hmm. so literally in that same room I just said I didn't want to and I but I think because it was waiting so long and I was living with this lump growing and I could feel it because I was touching it every day and stuff mm-hmm. like that I literally was like chemo needs to when's chemo going to start so they were giving me the options. Um, I jumped straight into having the first rounds of chemo because I knew that was going to shrink it or try and keep it where it was instead of the cells spreading. So um, I was just like, so when can this be? When it can start? I think everyone was quite surprised, and <laughs> the doctors was how surprised how I was kind of not breaking down. But at that moment, I couldn't. I just wanted to find out the solution. Like I don't know where it came from at that specific time. Um, but something came over me in that room was like there's no time for tears and there's no time for making this take like this is not happening to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just was like I need to Mm -hmm. have the first 
set of chemos that's going to be starting how long so they said well basically you can probably start in the next 10 days so I had 10 days from leaving that room sorting out my kids telling family and just getting onto it mm-hmm. so in a way I was kind of happy for that that I never had enough time in between mm-hmm. to think too much out of it because mm-hmm. I still had episodes mm-hmm. I still had lash out so I still had mm-hmm. it was all new to me I didn't understand mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it was at that pivotal moment in in those 10 days of telling um, my family and stuff mm-hmm is when I realised how important I was Mm -hmm. and how much I kept things together. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's what led to the episodes before even having my chemo. Mm -hmm. But I still had to say, like, no matter what, I'm going to fight it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so did you have your first round of chemo before you decided you were going to support and help yourself? Because one of the things I know with lots of people, when they get into um, threatening illnesses, they solely throw all their burdens onto these medical people. And remembering the medical people are just learning uh, about things. They don't have all the answers. And sometimes they have to throw all kind of different things. Oh, that's not working. Let's try this. Da, 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 da. You know? And so um, your cancer was kind of a rare cancer, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. was not one of these... That's normally common now. It, it's getting common quite now, considering like with the foods and stuff that we're on. Um, mm-hmm. But my stage, no, it wasn't. And now, um, when you're on stage three or four, you, you probably might not get help because mm-hmm. cancer is such a common thing now. Mm-hmm. So it's very much um, important about prevention mm-hmm. is well why I'm trying to spread that. But mm-hmm. um, definitely... I I did go I did do the chemo after they explained to me how the whole um, treatment system was gonna go. I was gonna have eight rounds of heavy, and then I was gonna have eleven rounds of light in between the radiation and um, mm-hmm. um, my surgery. So at that time, I already because of family members and because of who I am, just as the character I am, I've always been holistic. Is why I previously with the thyroids I didn't take the medication. Because when I did go on the trial medication, it didn't work best with me. Mm-hmm. And my memory was gone. I wasn't no good to my kids. And my emo- my emotions and my hormones was too all over the place for me to be looking after a newborn baby. So I didn't take that. But I did try and be as much um, holistic as possible. Mm-hmm. But like a, with everyday human, there's no pain. Mm-hmm. There's no side effects. There's no anything. So mm-hmm. you just go about your day thinking, you know, thyroid mm-hmm. is there, but it's not really doing much to you. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be so, mm-hmm. you know, disciplined on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I found out the hard way. That's just in my... Because mm-hmm. cancer hits people with all mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. different backgrounds for different reasons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, once I started to go on to the chemo, I always knew, as much as I was taking chemo, um, when it was after the whole... When the side effects kick in, so you get home in enough time before you, the side effects kick in. Once I got to where I couldn't eat or do anything, I would still be holistic with certain things and remedies. I remember my grandmother would do just us being sick anyway. So um, I always did that in between. So I would go for chemo, but I would still have herbal teas in between just to open back up my appetite. I still used um, holistic things for my hair, for intake, oils and stuff. Um, so with that saying that that along with my chemo 
when I did go and get ready for surgery, there wasn't much tumor left. Mm-hmm. So you were, we had a talk while mm-hmm. we decided to do the podcast that some of the holistic things that you actually used during this process was um, castor oil, mm-hmm. and if people go on, if you have a TikTok account, um, you see lots of miracle that castor oil does mm-hmm. and you know, the different things that it does and you did one of the castor oil yes, natural yeah. treatment yeah. to yourself and it was literally just remembering what my grand would and have done this was yeah. something that your grandmother had taught you it wasn't even something that you found You're on tiktok it. no it was I, I yeah i found this out on tiktok okay. so when i was actually talking to you before you know it was something that i found out on tiktok mm. And I've been sharing this with as many people as I can. So tell us more about how you use the castor oil at first and then the other um, Um, natural stuff. Yeah, so always um, throughout pregnancies, I had my child quite young. My grand was alive at the time. Um, After my pregnancy, she would always give me castor oil. Mm -hmm. I had to take it. Mm -hmm. And then when I came home from having a baby, she would bind Mm -hmm. my belly with it. Mm -hmm. Um, She would also give me a yoni cleanse with it as well. Mm So castor oil was always a main thing in the house, along with like single Bible, soft mm-hmm. candle, um, bay leaves, bay mm-hmm. rum, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So once um, I didn't really, I did, I didn't use it going through chemo, mm-hmm. but once I had the surgery mm-hmm. and I had my wounds and stuff, I used that castor oil compress mm-hmm. religiously. It was mm-hmm. just like a bra. Um, is where I took like a tablecloth. I added castor oil with some CBD oil um, and I compressed it on my breast and that's what I went to sleep with. Mm-hmm. Um, I massaged it daily over the stitches mm-hmm. um, and I also will use it on my hair and my skin after mm-hmm. radiation. Mm-hmm. It will always be thin layers, I didn't make it really thick but definitely mm-hmm. on my breast I always made sure there was like thick tissue or something around mm-hmm. my breast as healing along with my sea mm-hmm. moss um mm-hmm. my ginger and my garlic for clearing out my mm-hmm. bacteria my mm-hmm. swelling and my scarring mm-hmm. um those were the most that i kept with that mm-hmm. but that's what i just kept on doing anyway just to boost my immune and just to keep my my stomach you know mm-hmm. detox with after and also clearing that bacteria with Mm-hmm. when I was going to eat again because the side effects of chemo mm-hmm. is that you do actually be sick quite mm-hmm. a lot so um, those things helped me to get by my appetite my taste buds mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. but after the um, after the eight rounds of my heavy strong chemo and the side effects of that um, yeah then I got to actually realise like it was it was very hard. I'm never gonna say it was easy, but I think I like I said I from the day I got diagnosed. It's like before that I had a really bad few years before that because I've had I was homeless. Mm-hmm. I was going through a housing situation before that. So my test and my faith with God was is non-existent. There's no way there could be a God if mm-hmm. He's gonna let you go through this. Mm-hmm. Not understanding my signs and mm-hmm. my lessons in it all or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I overcame that. But it was just like, yeah, then I moved to a new property and it wasn't even six to eight months with me moving in, I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. So I could see, okay, all that tension and stuff that you had built up in mm-hmm. you throughout your homelessness, mm-hmm. now you've got some, it's now, mm-hmm. it's going to start affecting with the grief and whatever, whatnot. But um, yeah, during, during after the chemo and building myself up, 
having the um the surgery and kind of getting myself from then I realized okay you have to fight this is cancer is something that it's there to test you mentally before physically mm-hmm. so if you're going to tell yourself I've got cancer but I'm going to fight it, you're going to fight it. and if every mm-hmm. day every time it gets really bad you just know so like when getting back to when I came home and you know the side effect kicks in I always gave myself 48 to 72 hours before I start the fight so I allowed my body to go through the process of being sick of not being able to move and not being able to but by the time the third day if I don't if I didn't want to take the steroids or I didn't want that just to be my main focus and me moving around I would train my brain to wiggle my toes to open my eyes to turn over on my side to get up Sometimes it did take about half an hour to get out of bed, but I, it was so rewarding on my mind telling my body. And then my mind started to work with my body. Mm-hmm. So we was all fighting it all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll, I'll make ways like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So I take my time and get to the bathroom. Sometimes I still had to have help. Being in the bath can't get out or not getting in. But it was just me telling myself that I could do that. It helped me every day to keep. Mm-hmm. the fight the fight going um mm-hmm. and then yeah but it was it was a quite it was very very lonely at the hospital mm-hmm. you, my first chemo my cousin came with me he had to force himself in mm-hmm. um but the other uh, the other seven rounds was all by myself mm-hmm. um it was very scary because it was a covid time everything mm-hmm. was very isolated mm-hmm. um who you saw the two weeks before you might not see the next two weeks because mm-hmm. they, they didn't last mm-hmm. um so as a young person it was very very scary on that end of it mm-hmm. it wasn't a breeze mm-hmm. um so what do you think that the process of also using natural herbs and also using those natural things that we have in our lives that our grandparents knew uh, from generations uh, before all of this new technology (laughs) and all the poisons that they end up poisoning us and giving to us rather than, you know. When did you actually start that process? I mean, was it from the time that you realized that you had um, this cancer and you was going to support yourself as well? I think because of my grand's teachers and my upbringing, I've always been holistic. Mm-hmm. So I would always choose a herbal remedy over any form. I don't take paracetamols, mm-hmm. um, nurofen or anything. I've mm-hmm. never really had those things in my system um, mm-hmm. until until I was like of a conscious age not to take it. But um, yeah, um, holistic stuff's always been, as much as I, am, I was born raised in England, my family are very West Indian. Mm-hmm. So everything they do is still quite cultural. Mm-hmm. Um so that's it does help much more i do find um i do find you have to be quite strong-headed when you're doing that because a lot of people believe much more in the medical system Mm -hmm. so you're going to tell your doctor everything you use and you do Mm -hmm. and they are going to advise you not to use it um Mm -hmm. and they can also end up making you be more in a panic because it gets the doctors in a panic and they want to know exactly what you use why you used it it might just be this and you might have to take other medication now to counteract whatever it is um so i think when i noticed that i had to get quite um a bit quite 
strong with keeping my decision when I'm talking to my doctors. Mm. So as much as I didn't tell them everything at the time, but um, if they did like ask, when they did offer me medication, I will ask them for the side effect mm. where it is. And if they didn't know, I would question them why they don't know about the side effects. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time they had to keep going on Google and that was really playing with my mental health. Um, so I had to then find ways that's gonna make my mind be at ease mm-hmm. along with whatever they're telling me mm-hmm. and the herbal way was was just a way that made me feel comfortable and more relaxed in myself that mm-hmm. I'm helping or I'm also doing something for myself to help my body mm-hmm. um, and it was it kind of just works simultaneous as like I will go in for the chemo like you said I'll be on their medication take the steroids and stuff for a few days but once I worked it together with the herbal stuff um I didn't have to take laxatives. I didn't have to take sleeping tablets. I didn't have to take um, things for my appetite and stuff like that because it was just working. Whereas the chemo was stripping of everything. The herbal things I was doing and it was building it back up was giving me the strength and the glow to go again for the next couple of weeks because it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy I did do that. Um, a lot of people don't want to go herbally because they like to prefer with doctors. Um, so it, each to their own how they want to mm-hmm. but, it shows, but, it, but show, it does show but it shows that it can work hand in hand it can work hand in hand you can yeah. do both mm-hmm. you don't have to just rule out any form of chemotherapy or anything to do with the mm-hmm. doctors and it's always good as well even if you want to do stuff holistic to still have a doctor's note of it mm-hmm. so still being back and forth just to come just to come um, Balance. just balance of what actually works for you and what doesn't work mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. um i think that is a very very it, it was very important to do um and just like sometimes there's like the doctors not the doctors the nurses that's actually working on the ward sometimes know a bit more because they have their own traditions and they have their own cultures and the way they do things so when i was taking um chemotherapy after a while along with the radiation i will always like my my taste buds will go mm-hmm. And I would get bad pins and needles on my tongue, so I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. It would just taste. It would, my mouth will feel like it's constantly scalded, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't know what to take with that. They were saying have ice cream or have ice lollies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was another. It was a guy from the Philippines that mm-hmm. was a nurse that told me to have kiwi. Mm-hmm. So I tried kiwi, and kiwi worked like in a matter of seconds mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Like but, I said, for ki- me. Yeah, but kiwi is a fruit that I know that does work with cancer. Mm-hmm. It does help cancer. I mean, if we look at some of the natural fruits that are out there, that a lot of people who do holistic things, um, you know, kiwi is one of those things that they do um, say does help and yeah. fight cancer. So obviously, this is it's part of it. Bit, yeah, that you were told to use it and it was helping. And I should imagine not only was it helping to dampen down the feeling of mm. of what you were going mm-hmm. through in your mouth. Um, it was also helping to strengthen um, your body, immune system and everything. Working. Definitely. Um, I remember them telling me, eat whatever, do whatever, just keep your appetite up and do And I was like, okay. But eating whatever sometimes is what caused you to have, you know. So we, then I realised, yeah. that's why I realised that the, that the doctors, I'm not putting down doctors, but doctors are there just to do what they've done with their guidelines Absolutely. and how they've been trained. But to have complete faith but to have complete, and leaving yeah. and leaving everything to them without you learning how you can support yourself as well. Because really and truly you have to learn yourself. You have to learn. So yeah. the wholeness completely comes back to you and the decisions that we you make. Yes. 
before you got the cancer, the decisions that you made emotionally put you, you into the, the place of where yeah. the cancer is. And now that you've got it, it's still your 100% wholeness yeah. to yourself. No one knows. No, there's no doctor and yes. there's no medication and there's no chemo that's going to solely hold it and cure you. No. You could do everything that they've told you to do and mm. still might not make it. Mm. So it's, it's literally at that time for you and your body to be as one and mm. you learn yourself and mm. you learn okay when I take chemo does my mm. eyesight go mm. does my shorter breath mm. do I get shakes do I can't walk can mm. I do it because it I've sat down in many of wards every mm. two weeks I we sit down as ladies mm. or men and you know we talk and we ask questions and, and, and how does it affect you and mm. how does it affect so everyone mm. you know we get we get like that so um and I do find um those that was literally like no the doctors know best they didn't survive not all of them survived yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. not all of them survived the process Mm -hmm. um quite a lot of them didn't survive because of the vaccination Mm -hmm. a lot of them didn't survive because of changing over chemos Mm -hmm. or trying new stuff or Mm -hmm. being part of a new you know Mm -hmm. a new testing or stuff like that but um it is cancer is is very complex but you have to really be in tune with who you are, how it affects you, and how you as a person mm-hmm. is going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where my shield of armor came mm-hmm. with my strength in mm-hmm. my mind to mm-hmm. push mm-hmm. myself, but mm-hmm. it came there. Mm-hmm. Some people have got more physical strength to fight through it more mm-hmm. than mental strength. Yes. You know, so, um, yeah, it's very complex is how it is, but you, at that time, and I, because it's happening, it's happening too fast and rapid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's younger and younger Mm -hmm. i'm trying to find ways of putting out there of just prevention like Mm -hmm. um no one's going to start completely changing their diet in 24 hours Mm -hmm. no one's going to stop with their habits in 24 hours but if there's little things to take Mm -hmm. or to do to prevent it yeah Mm -hmm. because like i I was just referring to something with eyesight my eyesight started going Mm -hmm. from me um, having cancer um, but when I went away to the West Indies and I was having certain tonics and certain herbals, I never really got white spots when I was seeing mm-hmm. my retainer getting mm-hmm. weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I came back, I never had it until a few weeks ago mm-hmm. once I started getting back into mm-hmm. the mode of old habits and bad habits. So I do mm-hmm. test myself mm-hmm. with that as well. So I went throughout my journey, like sometimes I would be a full month on just the veg and just the fruit and then I could see how my body reacts and then when I went into just having a normal Mm -hmm. diet I could see how my Mm -hmm. vibration went lower Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and things like that so you can't Mm -hmm. do that so listening to your body and trying things Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. but always keeping in mind what works Mm -hmm. for you what works and what doesn't work Mm -hmm. for you okay well we're coming up to just over 30 minutes and um, let's see if the podcast carries on or if it cuts us off so listeners if we do get cut off in the middle of this know that there will be a second uh, part to it so I'm testing it this morning (laughs) because usually what I kind of do every week now is just to try to stick to just over the 30 minutes and see whether or not um, I can go a little bit further so let's see what happens so do um, if we if we just get cut off, know that I'm going to do um, another. We're, we're going to record again, uh, part two to this. So um, I'm just watching the time until we get cut off. But uh, after your cancer um, operation, 
when you actually when they actually went in they didn't actually remo remove all your breasts did they no they didn't have to yes mm -hmm. because um with the with the compressed thing that i did and the stuff that i was taking mm -hmm. my tumor was nearing it shrunk mm -hmm. to minimum of anything and it still put it still helped my tumor to stay solid and protrude more out of my skin so i mm -hmm. didn't have to have my breast taken off okay i just they just literally on the top of the surface had to scoop the tumor out and took out my lymph nodes from right, the area, right. Yeah. so that was good so you're left with your my full breast yeah my full breast um, my scarring than, is next mm -hmm. to nothing mm -hmm. i can still show um have mm -hmm. no complexes or any mm -hmm. um things with my scarring or anything mm -hmm. um the one good thing without having the lymph nodes what i've practiced and i definitely recommend most ladies if they don't want to always do it but make sure that with detoxing is i haven't wore deodorant mm -hmm. for the past two and a half years yes, now that's important i don't wear um, deodorant yeah mm -hmm. so i stopped wearing deodorant from that mm -hmm. um i did go through the whole process of the detoxing and the mm -hmm. smelling mm -hmm. especially when i started changing over my mm -hmm. diets and the toxins were coming out but from mm -hmm. now I, mm -hmm. I that's how I test my body. If mm -hmm. I have an odor, there's some there's too much toxins inside mm -hmm. of me. I mm -hmm. then go for my tonics mm -hmm. um, and my herbal teas. And, and the thing stuff is, like when that. when you have deodorant, it masks that, doesn't it? Yes. And so you can't smell, especially doesn't. on the left side. I don't think many people realize that most of the um, lymph nodes that your body has that the blood circulation gets rid of is underneath your um, left armpits. Um, yeah. uh, that's where your lymph nodes are and that's why, you know, um, if somebody's suffering from high BO and, you know, you can smell them, you know, we can see that they there's need some, to be blockages some blockage, they need yeah. to detox and that's where it's actually going to come. It's going to come under your left armpits. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for you listeners out there, you know, uh, even when we when women start with breast cancer um, it's always in the lymph left nodes left, it's yeah. always on the left side this is where the blockage becomes mm -hmm. and then of course if it spreads elsewhere it spreads from there yeah but yeah. that's where it actually starts so mm -hmm. when you're actually examining yourself um, to see whether or not you have cancer really stick to the left side more than anything else yeah. because that's and the where ovaries and your groin and yeah, your pelvis because yeah. it can also the cervix yeah the cervical grow. cancer is very 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 yeah. common now yeah. and breast cancer especially with black women it's yeah. happening yeah. a mile of minute and i do after i've did some research mm -hmm. and i've done some practices and i find that i think it's I don't want to say exactly specific what it is but mm -hmm. i think because we've lost that tradition of doing mm -hmm. certain things mm -hmm. um back in the day when my grand would say you know people will steam themselves after mm. being on their cycle oh yes and you and know get rid of the and the, get rid of the all waste of that right so i think they, i think with all that type of build-up mm. and toxin is what mm. brings on the cervical cancers mm. or the abdominal stuff or things mm. for um, reproduction mm. and stuff mm. like that so i'm trying to show spread my awareness like thank you for making me come of ladies or little things to do at mm. home that doesn't cost much if mm -hmm. you can't afford to get it done mm -hmm. by someone that's fully trained um yoni cleanses giving your you know all your sweat glands mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. a, a break dish. and a dish a dish yeah, yeah a dish chart, a dish. um yeah. a detox because it finds when your your underarm is clogged as well that's what leaves with ingrowing hairs mm -hmm. and you know black marks under your your mm -hmm. arms when you're shaving and things like that so mm -hmm. there's all different things that we could like the acne with the skin it's lowering mm -hmm. down on your dairy mm -hmm. lowering mm -hmm. down there's mm -hmm. things to us that's mm -hmm. that's medically cannot be proven mm -hmm. 
and there's and there's stuff that they cannot medically find because it's it's for, it's always but, changing when but, it comes but, but to. But I do think they can medically prove it, but they don't want to, because the whole point of the medical is the pharmaceuticals. They're having to make money. The doctors make money, and being ill is the biggest economy yeah, that there is I, in the world. With that point, mm. it's very much so. Mm. But with with what I was trying to mm. um, put across was that. You know, if um, how can I try and explain it? The research that's done for the medication is mm. not on mm. black people, bane people mm. at all. Mm. So that's why I'm saying that there's things that they can't medically prove mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that where they can't. It's just it's just impossible because mm. mm. mm-hmm. it's it, it, the science is out of this world where they've got to get it from. So they can't right. do it. So for us Spain people, it's very important that we do stick to our traditions, no matter where we do live. Mm-hmm. And we all have our own. And our great, great, great grandparents would of have done course. it. Of and course. it's just following that, even if it means that you have to go back home to find it out and mm-hmm. have it in your house or in mm-hmm. your cupboard. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The information was on Google about them might not always be the truth is what... Mm-hmm. They wanted to put out, out there, yeah. mm-hmm. so that's why I had to do a bit of traveling and find myself and put mm-hmm. use myself as mm-hmm. an as a guinea pig mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. these herbs work mm-hmm. and that it is. Mm-hmm. And I've now been remission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had to take my breast off. Mm-hmm. My hair is grown, grown fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fully. Um, mm-hmm. I now have a regular cycle mm-hmm. that only lasts three days. Mm-hmm. How it should be. Mm-hmm. No more than no three. More than three yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very light. Mm-hmm. I do get um, my cycle side effects, you know, back pains, mm-hmm. a bit of cramp, but it's not as painful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. mess up my day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my mind is completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my body actually rejects anything, anything cancerous or mm-hmm. anything that can put me in a bad place. My mm-hmm. body now rejects it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even if your energy is coming in a room and mm-hmm. it seems cancerous, I... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can't feel comfortable so okay. i've trained myself and meditated myself mm-hmm. and changed my whole mm-hmm. outlook so, on that. yeah so the the podcast uh listener seems to be running so we're going to keep going doesn't seem to be shutting down on me today um so basically after you went through your um chemo had the rest of the um stuff taken out of your breast you decide to go on a healing Yes. process and you went to Jamaica this is yes. where you're from mm-hmm. and when you went there what was the sort of things that you were doing that okay day? so I went there on a quest to find um, how the herbs actually work um, the difference between growing them in different soils and what you know just finding out for those that I wanted to talk to people that did um, wholly and slowly um, cure themselves on just herbs mm-hmm. um, I found that a lot of them they could cure themselves with early diagnosis mm-hmm. and um, some wasn't just some some cancers came to them and some people that was over there um, on their detox and, and their rehab and stuff um, was, was just all different factors mm-hmm. So I actually, so once me going out there, I found some herbal people and people that had herbal farms or that mm. was starting to get into mm-hmm. it because it, you know, mm-hmm. around the world of pharmaceuticals with mm-hmm. the natural herbs, they're mm-hmm. all in mm-hmm. stuff like that. So um, I went over, I contacted a few people that was been healing people. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat down, had conversations with them. Okay. 
it was so it was a bit of a weird thing because me going to ask them for help for some reason they could see that I was already helped mm. Mm. they were kind of telling me about me <laughs> without me telling them anything right, right. so um once I got to see them they were like you're a healer yourself so you shouldn't be asking me you have to just Mm-hmm. You can feel it that mm-hmm. you've you're mm-hmm. on this journey of healing, mm-hmm. or your purpose is to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, I travelled around mm-hmm. loads, four different big parishes in Jamaica, mm-hmm. and spoke to farmers, um, went spent days up there, mm-hmm. drank their herbs and stuff like that, and then they put me to a test mm-hmm. and told me just to go. I went on a straight seven day fasting, mm-hmm. so I didn't eat for seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally just had fruit. Mm-hmm. I didn't eat nothing else but fruit and drank mm-hmm. the herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like another trimester because I went through that. My body had to change and notice all the different stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a bit scary. But they 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 was much. They re- really reassured me of knowing that there's going to be change. Your body's going to affect mm-hmm. different ways. So mm-hmm. when it did happen, mm-hmm. it wasn't. A surprise, a surprise so yeah. you expected that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The surprising thing was actually what still came out of me, me still thinking that I was cleansed. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because you know when, um, as it depends on your age as well. Mm. I mean, if you are, say, a 50-year-old person, just to say, and you decide to go on a detox, you can't detox in two minutes. You can't detox no. in one month. It might take you two Do to you three or four years, years yeah. to actually detox all the waste that is letting off poison in your body to remove it. Yeah. And when you think that you finish, you've only just, just started. Yes, yes. So yes. yeah, I can imagine, you so know, I went through changes. the three trimesters throughout mm-hmm. um, cancer. So I had the first eight rounds of chemo. That was the first trimester for me. And then I had to have surgery. That mm-hmm. was another. Mm-hmm. And then I had to have the 20 days radiation. That was mm-hmm. another. And then it was the new normal after that. Mm-hmm. And then once in between, okay, you're going to have this, couple months break because all appointments is by phone mm-hmm. it's not face to face that much anymore mm-hmm. so that's why I took the time knowing that I wouldn't have to go mm-hmm. back into hospital for my checkups again mm-hmm. so I took that time to go over so I kind of went to my body um, the amount of stuff um, I've never been diagnosed but ghost don't still pass through mm-hmm. um, never been diagnosed with fibroids mm-hmm. I had overactive thyroids but not mm-hmm. fibroids they passed through mm-hmm. I never knew that my intestine had worms, pesticides. That, yeah. I literally saw it live on a tissue yeah, in yeah. my toilet. Because yeah. um, when we were young at school and when you see um, every holiday in Jamaica... You have to have the uh, We have to have the cleanser. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, when you um, do a poo, uh, the worms mm, that yeah. came out of you... And even when I was sick and in hospital, mm-hmm. um, I remember one day... When you take a lot of penicillin, people don't understand that penicillin um, carries, um, uh, it's grown from mushroom, um, fungus, fungus, fungus. And I remember one day I could feel this funny thing in my bum and I said to the nurse, give me a bedpan. I wonder what was it, pooing, but this this thing was like funny tickling. When I looked, the long big worm that came out of my bum. So as children, we know this in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. that you need to be wormed. You need to um, take stuff because kids do 
um, and, and natural fungus does live in your stomach there's bad and good bacteria but sometimes what will happen is when the bad bacteria overtakes the, the good, good one because the good ones are in there always Fighting, eating yeah. up the bad <laughs> ones yeah. but then sometimes if the roles you. reverse and the bad one starts eating up the good one this is when yeah. Yeah. so it is important that very, very we are, important. We are so, detoxing yeah mm. when I saw all of that Mm-hmm. Then I thought, okay, I understand this is like real herbal cleanse. This isn't mm-hmm. a cleanse like you're gonna have green tea no. or you're just gonna have a bit of twining somewhere. No. This is a natural. No. And then my body had to go through the process of my the toxins in my body was playing with my heart and my mind. Of course. So that was I think that one was that part when the chakra started to open for my healing part. Mm-hmm. That was that's when I actually noticed I had cancer. Mm-hmm. So I was on autopilot that whole time, mm-hmm. just going through what I was going through and dealing with everyday things mm-hmm. and everyday situations, mm-hmm. um, but didn't realize how far I came mm-hmm. and what it was changing into mm-hmm. until I got to that part. Mm-hmm. And um, being actually bathed in the sea um after going through that and just sitting in salt water mm-hmm. to cleanse off the rest of my stuff and mm-hmm. washing off my mm-hmm. hair and mm-hmm. letting that all go mm-hmm. off in the sea mm-hmm. and you know having my meditation mm-hmm. and my affirmations and my prayers it kind of opened that side up to me was like i need to find a way to do it for other mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. so do you find that after going through this process that where you're coming from to get, to having cancer there were emotional baggages and emotional stuff that you were carrying that Definitely. literally yeah. broke down the immune system broke it right uh, down so I was suffering from heartache from a very young age mm-hmm. um, very very young age I think um, I was silenced as a child mm-hmm. um, so I carried that around mm-hmm. and then um I've always had signs as well. Mm-hmm. Always had weird signs that I couldn't talk with other people about mm-hmm. because I, I was classed mm-hmm. as mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so clairvoyancy and stuff has been something that's been in me for a child, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to handle mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I would I never fitted in. Mm-hmm. I never fitted in with siblings. I never fitted in with cousins. I didn't fit in mm-hmm. with friends. Um, mm-hmm. Weird things always happen. Mm-hmm. My signs and my dreams are very front, front, very life mm-hmm. form. Um, mm-hmm. So I was battling with that, I think, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And not understanding why no one didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. And not being heard, mm-hmm. I kind of made myself vocally be heard. Mm-hmm. So I was also, I was kind of leaving like a negative mm-hmm. Spell everywhere I Footprints, went. Footprints, yeah. Footprint everywhere yeah, I went yeah. because I demanded it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And whereas wherever I saw anybody feel intimidated by me, instead mm-hmm. of me meeting, not meeting them where I am, I just continued to shine and shine and shine and mm-hmm. shine and shine and shine. Mm-hmm. So I was really making a lot of people uncomfortable. I didn't mm-hmm. understand where bitterness was coming from. I didn't mm-hmm. understand why people would do what mm-hmm. they would do to me. But I wasn't changing mm-hmm. because I was just happy in myself mm-hmm. and thought I was living, making myself happy, not understanding mm-hmm. I was hurting everybody else. So um, I had to come to terms with that. Um, and then I had my daughter quite young. I had her 18, 19 went straight into work mm-hmm. you know got mm-hmm. really independent I couldn't do what my friends were doing I had to have a child I had a child now I was always mm-hmm. ambitious as well mm-hmm. but my ambition and my ideas was always against mm-hmm. ahead of my time so that's right. something I couldn't 
mm-hmm. express neither because no one did not understand right mm-hmm. yeah I was going so in those type of ways I was always silent so it was always heartache I've always felt lonely I've always felt by mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. Um, never felt understood mm-hmm. so I carried that throughout my adult mm-hmm. to, to an adult now mm-hmm. and me always wanting to have a mum um, mm-hmm. I wasn't blessed to have a mum I, I wanted mm-hmm. um, and I've only just learned that I've had the mum God wanted for me to have mm-hmm. it wasn't your biological one yeah no my biological um, it is my biological mother Mm -hmm. but the type of mom i wanted i never got okay Mm -hmm. so i had a lot of resentment to my Mm -hmm. mom um Mm -hmm. and to me it was i live Mm -hmm. my life if my mom can't do it then no one else definitely can't do Mm -hmm. it for me Mm -hmm. so asking for help and doing stuff like that was very Mm -hmm. hard i think that's what led me to the cancer so so i had no choice but then to ask for help yes so you had to um the resilience you had to build it up you start the fighting once your body starts you know breaking down Mm -hmm. then i was i've literally been fighting my whole life as a child fighting to be heard yeah fighting to be taken serious fighting for to be seen to be loved to be accepted yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um we all we've we've gone 48 minutes and we're still recording Mm -hmm. so when you were making some of these um casserole polities you just kind of made them and put them on your yeah just try to remember what she was saying yeah so one of them i would like sometimes even like my i would put cast oil on my hair but use my nan's headscarf Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it was just little things of just reminding me of right taking me back to like my childhood and stuff when she was around but it was literally yeah just cold pressing yeah the cast oils yeah sleeping with it yeah wrapping it on me like a bra or pushing it in with my bra or just making sure every i would even put cast oil in my bath yes so I would drop a little in my bath yes. with the Epsom salt and soak in it. Yeah, because they say when it warms up, it penetrates. Yeah, it penetrates. Really so very quickly. that with um, CBD, um, shea butter will be rubbed in my hair. Mm-hmm. So even if I was in a bath, that would be steamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to rub it, cast on my eyebrows, mm-hmm. my eyelashes. And your eyelashes, yes. Yeah. Because we've seen some really fantastic videos now on TikTok mm-hmm. where people who have high sight problem, floaters and stuff like that, yeah. they rub Probably, it on yeah. their eyes and that's healing them uh, there's a lady an old um white woman who's teaching uh, the whole okay. ways and she teaches you about putting the poultice on your breast for yeah. for yeah. if you have the cancer or if you have problems in your womb mm, yeah even if it, like c-sections if you yeah. do the big compressor you just sleep with that mm. tie it around your stomach mm. Mm. with a bit of cling film or whatever film, it is whatever yeah, yeah. And it can scarring and yeah for, it's good for the scarring yeah. and tissue but it's also good it's the only oil that literally penetrates your through. skin yeah and can penetrate through the into, seven layers as well yeah penetrate yeah. into that uh, that's growing and to shrink it so it was so good uh, when i have uh, sort of uh, been watching loads of people on tiktok okay. and, and, and all these um mm-hmm. ways um to use the castor oil and also the hair growing as well, um, using it with the rosemary because, mm-hmm. you know, the thinning of the hair mm-hmm. that most of us go through when we're at such an age as well. So um, when I spoke to you last week and you were saying, yeah, yeah, I use the casserole, mm-hmm. you know, it was really like, wow, you know, yeah, a, li- a live person who has actually Definitely. used it as yeah. part of the support system, system to yeah. get well and, my healing and, my and your healing. And so what about some of the herbs that you were actually taking and drinking them to flush and um, mm-hmm. out your system, um, you know, was that? So, the yeah, um, the main ones I was using was like um, mulin. Mm-hmm. 
um there's some that's just got names that I don't know what the names that will be right. used of in England, but Neem was really good. Neem, yes. Um, Mulan, Neem, um, Sarsaparilla. Mm -hmm. That's also quite yeah. good. Yeah, um, there's another one that's really good, Dog Blood. Okay. And the most everyone's starting to learn it now is Bladderwack. Okay, never heard of that one. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, so there's Burdock Root and there's Bladderwack. Mm -hmm. I've heard of Burdock Root because um, so Burdock as a root, child. Yeah, mm -hmm. Burdock Root and um, Bladderwack can mm -hmm. be used as a detox and mm -hmm. immune builder. It's mm -hmm. just an all-round mm -hmm. herb. So they're mm -hmm. the ones that I was trying to find mm -hmm. um, as mm -hmm. all-rounder herbs. So it, it, I don't, what I was trying to give education mm -hmm. in was just... Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to have cancer fighting herbs or whatever. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait until you have the disease to in to order to have the herbs to cleanse it. Yes. It's just having the multi-purpose, mm -hmm. multivitamin um, mm -hmm. herbs to take mm -hmm. to yes. prevent everything. To prevent. Because I use um, 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 merengue okay. yeah. as a maintenance yeah. and to keep myself clean and mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm always going to the bathroom yeah, yeah. and detox it's myself in that way and, and it's good for my heart yeah. it gives you energy it puts back all the minerals and the vitamins that your body actually needs and so i use that every day and i find that since when i had my uh, when i went into hospital it was a nurse that says to me a black nurse from mm -hmm. jamaica <laughs> And I just been using it, and if I don't have it, and I don't take it, I just feel the difference, the difference yeah. in my body. And when you build up a lot of waste and food waste in your gut, it affects your heart, and it affects your you breathing. Think, affects it affects your walking. Mm -hmm. It affects everything. And so, really and truly, it is really important that we don't sit around. I mean, like, I have um, what they call atrial fibrillation. And because I take rat poison, as I, what I call it, <laughs> which is <laughs> uh, to the blood thinners, mm -hmm. I have to make sure that I'm balanced. Yeah. And basically... You don't um, blow or you don't... Uh, yeah. And so I also have to go onto these journey where I can use these things to help myself yeah. and to make myself but sometimes feel, feel medication like is good for those that want yeah. to, um, that's taking it for certain for some yeah. things but I do believe it's so it's it's during like if you've got to take medication for 10 years or 15 mm -hmm. years or for the rest of your life yeah, sometimes it, it's good to take a month off yeah. as a break yeah. so when you do start taking it again mm -hmm. it can actually do what it's supposed, it's supposed to do because then your body it. just depends yeah. on it well not only that it destroys your kidneys right and that's what I said your body depends so once you don't mm -hmm. it's like something it starts making something else shut down because yes. if your kidneys are shutting down yes. it's going to ask for help yes. your heart's then going to be asking your brain for help yes. and then your brain's going to yes. be asking your body and then yes. everyone's arguing and confused amongst themselves yes. your body's just going to shut down it does shut down down it does well um viewers uh, listeners sorry we're not on uh, video uh, listeners thank you so much for tuning in please do share this podcast to your friends and your family or anyone that you feel that might need uh, this support because they're going through some kind of challenges um in their life and um you know thank you all for listening sarah it's been great having you on we could talk all day thank you and, for having you know me. when it comes to things like this it's interesting and there's so many people out there that need help and not to be a fear becoming fearless and resilience is what I always try to the contents that I try to put out go every with your week heart and your mind to go with that so we're coming to the end and so here we go and grow into your personal greatness and thank you Sarah <laughs>